Let us pray. Gracious Lord God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you speak to us. We give you thanks for your word. God, use it to speak to us today. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends, um, and welcome uh, to uh, another edition of Scripture Talk. Uh, this We are a little short-staffed sa- short uh, this evening. Um, uh, keep uh, Stacy in your prayers. He's not feeling well. And uh, keep Scott in your prayers. He's having, uh, he's got a seminary class uh, tonight um, in systematic theology um, that started at 4.30 and runs until 8 p.m. Having taken systematic theology, that is a lot for a Monday evening. Um, so if you don't normally pray for Scott, you should anyways, but definitely pray for Scott tonight uh, because that is a lot. Uh, systematic theology is probably the headiest class you take in all of seminary, and the concept of doing it for nearly four hours terrifies me. Um, anyways, I am uh, Pastor Trey Comstock. Uh, with me as ever is the ever-faithful Go Brandy. Sister Brandy live from the monastery. Um, and so we are, we're two micing it uh, tonight, so uh, bear with us. Uh, but luckily, this evening, we are perhaps not trolling the depths of obscure scriptures. We are doing the parable of the talents uh, in Matthew 25, uh, verses 14 through 30, uh, which I think should give us quite a bit to chew on. <laughs> For it is as if a man, going on a long journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents, to another, two, to another, one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received five talents went off at once and traded them, traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came, came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who had two talents also came forward, saying, Master, I always want to say master, I always want to use the Igor voice. Master, yeah. hand it over to me two, two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward. Saying, also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed, so I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I, would, that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what what was my own with interest. So take so ta- so excuse me. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. 
As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. Yeah, it breaks bad. Um, uh, for the way less than trustworthy, for the for the for the slave that does for the servant. Well, you servant. The actual Greek word is slave, and I understand that it can be very uncomfortable language in America in the twenty first century. Um, <laughs> slavery, as we've said many times, was different in the first century, but still not good. Um, but what this one who is it breaks bad for the one given the one talent, um, in part because he does. He buries it, right? He he is given this thing. Talent is actually a tremendous amount of money. He's given a tremendous amount of money um, with an opportunity to do something with it, and he does absolutely nothing with it. He buries it in the ground, um, and uh, apparently that is not what his master was looking for. And, and you know, I, I think at this point, you know, anyone who's re- read any scripture knows the score, Right? The master in this story is God. We in this story are the servants given talents. In our case, the word talent literally comes, our English word talent literally comes from this story and not the other way around, right? We, our mm-hmm. understanding of talents as gifts were given comes from the word, use of the word talent in this story. Um, and so we are given gifts by God. Um, and we are not supposed to hide them under a bushel basket. We are supposed to do something with them um, to help increase um, God's kingdom, to help build God's kingdom, to do something of God's purpose. It's not enough to just have that talent and hide it. Um, what we are called upon is to actually use it. Yeah, I think well here God doesn't want any pew warmers he wants people to get in action with the gifts that he has given us because he has equipped us with all of these gifts and talents to do kingdom building here on earth. And we have some that just are afraid to do it or they don't know if they'll be good enough or whatnot. And if your gifts are not used, I mean, in this case here, you, it'll get taken away from you. I've been told that if you don't use your gift, you're going to lose it. If you don't lose it, you use it, you know, so... I think in this case here, uh, the, the servant had an opportunity to do like the other two and do the great gift for the master, but he just failed to do so. And it, it, poof, there it goes, goes away. Well, yeah, right. Like, it's not just that he gets the talent taken away from him. Uh, verse 30 ends with him in outer darkness where there is much weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? Like, it breaks yeah. real, real bad. And you can kind of you can understand his perspective a little bit. And he says like, Hey, there was risk in this. If it hadn't gone well, I don't know what would have happened, but the other two didn't have that problem. They were given a whole lot. And so they risked even more and got a return on their risk. And so just like using our talents in quote unquote real life, right? Yes, there is risk. You know, if, if your talent is singing, there's risk of the audience rejecting you. Yes, that is a risk. That is a very real risk. But part of this, part of this commitment is being willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as, a, as using your talents in a risk-free manner. The risk-free thing is 
what the what it looks like the risk-free thing is just hiding it and, and uh, I'm not gonna do anything with it uh, but then that's apparently what gets thrown gets you thrown into outer darkness so is that a risk you want to take um, it, it you may have played it safe in the one hand but it ends up real not safe on the other but then too uh, the the first two had a trust in the master that you know he trusted them to do with those uh, bags of gold, another translation that I've got, bags of gold to do what he was wanting them to do with. But this yeah. this last servant, he really didn't know his master as far as him trusting him to do what, what he had asked or was thinking he was going to do. See, if we have a full trust in God with our gifts, we're willing to take that risk and do whatever. But it's not about us anyway in the forefront. It's about giving God the glory in all that we do with our gifts anyway. Well, right. And it's like the, the, the servant with the one talent picks up on the wrong, gets to just the wrong idea of who he's dealing with. And I think some people, I, I, I wonder if that's part, obviously it's part of what's happening in this parable. Um, I wonder if that's a significant detail, right? That the other two don't seem to have this fear but this one does. And so I wonder if part of what's happening in this parable is some, as, as some people get the wrong, get the wrong idea of God, um, get the wrong idea of what is, as we've talked about a lot about the meaning of God's wrath of, of, you know, the, the God's balance of justice and mercy, right? That what we, what we don't see in this is like what happens if they had used the talents and it hadn't gone well how would the master react we have other parables that talk about that right you have the parable of the prodigal son in luke um that talk that talk about what happens when you uh, misuse the gifts and, and it is you are welcomed back this seems like a, a like a the the one servant is focusing so much on the fact that the, his master that god can be wrathful that misses the point of um god you know god's honoring of a good faith effort right yeah one of the ways one of the ways to look at god to avoid falling um into christianity as works righteousness or christianity is a series of magic spells right um that you got to do this thing and exactly this way and exactly this time right and then you got to do this thing right is to understand that god doesn't just honor results. God honors a good faith effort. Mm-hmm. That there really is a, at least you tried, um, at least in the, you know, the, the kingdom of God in some ways functions slightly more like YMCA sports, uh, where everyone gets a trophy. Um, right. because they showed up to practice and they took the field and it doesn't mean you're going to be the best at the thing you do. Uh, but because you showed up to practice, you took the field. Um, mm-hmm. God, much like the coach, you know, your coach in YMCA sports recognizes, uh, what you've done and you are not going to be punished, uh, for a good faith effort. Yeah. Uh, God is merciful and not necessarily looking for who saved the most souls or who is the best singer or who is the best, but who at least attempt made a good faith attempt to use the gifts that they are given. Yeah, who got out there and fought the good fight and kept the faith. And if they don't get the bronze, silver, or gold medal, they get honorable mention. That's about as good as anything. You tried. And that's what he's looking for in all of us in our Christian walk and our work in the kingdom is that we try to do something with what we have. If it's pushing the pencil, 
pushing a plow or whatever, you do it right. for God, you do it with all your might. Because uh, like we always say um, in the black church, we used to say this thing at the end of our prayer, we would say, we want, we want to one day hear the voice of the Savior say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on up a little bit higher because it's an assurance that all that you've done, we, we put down our books and Bibles and stay world no more, and we now get to have a chance to enjoy the kingdom of the Lord in heaven and hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. But in order to do that, we got to do our very best in uh, building the kingdom here on this earth. Or, or at least trying, right? There's a... Try, yeah. Like, like there is a there is a real like, you know, push to get out there, and again, it, it doesn't necessarily like they're not all equally talented, right? Quite literally, and that they don't all get equal talents. Um, the one one got five, one got two, one got one. Not everyone um, is equally gifted, right? But everyone is given something. It's that balance, right? And so the guy with the one talent okay he doesn't have as many talents he's not as talented um as the other folks but he can still do something with that one talent and he doesn't even take the one talent he's got and do anything with it um and that's what runs him into trouble and so if a, if a person finds themselves thinking well i i don't I, I i can't do very much well you can do something and so maybe you haven't been handed the five talents maybe you have been handed the one talent fine use the one talent get out there take the field this is ymca sports not select sports okay no one when you get to the pearly gates this is not how heaven works but if you when you get to the pearly gates no one is going to look at you and goes goes you didn't do as much as the next person right this is not a competitive the kingdom of god is not a competitive entity the kingdom of god is you did your best, they did their best, come into the kingdom, right? It's not like the one who had the two talents got anything more or less than the one with the five talents. They are also, hey, uh, you have done well, come into the joy of your master, you have done good with a few things, I will bless you with many things, right? The, the one with the five talents and the one with the two talents get the exact same recognition from the master. Um, it is only the one that does absolutely nothing that gets punished. This, this parable does not end with the person with the two talents going, well, you weren't as good as the one with five. Well, you just weren't as good as your brother. Why can't you be as good as your brother? No, God says, you did well for what you've got. Come into the joy of your master. Exactly, exactly. Because I, I I don't know why I'm thinking about uh, church choirs and so is when I'm hearing about this because the Bible says make a joyful noise uh -huh. unto the Lord. It doesn't say make a joyful noise and sound like Whitney Houston while you're doing it. You know, because if you, if you can get up there and carry a, a tune for God, he'll appreciate that just as well as uh, Whitney Houston singing uh, Oh, How I Love Jesus in, in her voice. Whatever you do, you do your best for God. He'll, he'll appreciate it. Right. And in, in, and there, look, there's also risk, right? Others, God will appreciate it. Others might not. Um, but it, there, I mean, there is also an element of like making sure you find the, the discernment of like, what is that gift? What is that talent? But yeah, there, there, this is, you know, this is one of those churches also, church is largely built until you get to a really high level. Church is largely built on the back of amateurs, Right. Amateur singers, amateur 
sound techs, amateur public speakers, um, amateur piano players, right? Eventually, you get to fully professionalized staffs, but it is largely built on, okay, maybe you are not Hillsong. Maybe you haven't been given the five sound talents. Maybe you've only been given the one talent, uh, but you can, you know, show up to church and do it. The first church I was a pastor of um, had a 80-something-year-old pianist. Um, her name was Sue, Sue Scoggins. Uh, Sue had been playing piano in that church since she was 13. Mm. And she was in her 80s. She had literally been, and she's a volunteer, wasn't paid anything. Sue only knew about, I don't know, I lost count, but it was like, Sue knew 35 songs. And so, I just, Wilburn and I made sure we picked from the 35 songs that Sue knew. Sue was not going to learn more songs at that point, darn it respect like she's you know respect um and you know and was sue gonna play in concert halls no she Mm -hmm. was not gonna play in concert halls had she been meaningfully serving the lord in that church her entire life did sue and the congregation get joy and spiritual meaning out of sue's christian service on the weeks when sue was sick was she missed by the congregation yeah absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. So no, Sue was not Sue. Sue is not auditioning for Hillsong, um, or the Grand Old Opry, or whatever. <laughs> but had Sue made a life of serving Jesus? Yeah, she absolutely had. And that's where it, it doesn't matter if Sue hit some keys wrong. There was comfort and joy in seeing Sue worship in that way. Um, and also in Sue's presence as just a rock um, and a foundation of that church. Um, and, and, you know, and to do it for, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if she has passed on, subsequently passed on to the choir invisible or not, uh, where she's still playing the piano, but she probably made at least 70 years of service at that. How many volunteers you got to do the same thing for 70 years? Not that many. (laughs) Not that many. I mean, it's absolutely remarkable. Um, what her, what her Christian witness in that way did. And it didn't matter that she hadn't been dealt five talents or 10 talents. She'd been dealt the one talent. She did a whole, she built a whole lot of the kingdom of God um, with that one talent that she had. What could we say to people that say, well, I don't even have that one talent to do What's, for God. What can well, I do? Some way, that's a, in know? some ways, that's a lack of faith in God. Have more mm-hmm. faith in God. Even if you don't have that much faith in yourself, have a little more faith in God. Uh, that maybe yeah. God also made you for a purpose. So find what that purpose is, right? And there is that you have a gift, a talent to go along with that purpose. But when, when people come when people come and say, oh, I, don't, I can't do anything, uh, uh, have more faith in God um, yeah. than that. Yeah. God has yeah. called you to do something. And that means God has given you something. You, you know, we also... I think over glamorize some jobs in church life and under glamorize others, right? You may not be a mm. preacher and that's okay. Lord knows. I think the world has enough of them sometimes. Um, weirdly, mm-hmm. I always need more of them. Um, but I think the world probably has enough preachers, right? Yeah. And the world may have more soloists than it needs. Uh, weirdly, not enough church pianists. Um, but like, I know the world doesn't have enough people who can be a good friend. Right, yeah. and that's a calling, and that's a gift, and that's a talent that can bear a lot of fruit for the kingdom, um, and that's a that's a talent that we look down on. Oh, you're just nice. Well, no, sometimes uh, being nice to people who are hard to be nice to is a real heck of a talent. Um, that you can better do some know it. Deep, that can do some real deep kingdom building work. 
but it is uh. broadening. And maybe some of what's happening in the mind of the slave here is he doesn't broaden what he could even do with that talent. He doesn't think how he could go and make more money with it. So he's so afraid he's just going to lose it that he just buries it. But actually, you need to broaden what you can do. If you're given a limited tool set, that's fine. I bet there's something you can do for God with a vast tool set or with a limited tool set. Uh, it's, it, is, it is more about the faith, but it's still more about the faithful attempt. And we need more people that can be friends. We need more people that can love children well. Uh, we need more people that can, you know, fix things that are broken, whether metaphorically, spiritually, or physically. It, you know, it is, not, it is not as simple as saying, well, I can't preach, I can't sing, I can't, what, I don't have a lot of money, I can't give. Well, I, you know, sometimes what the kingdom of God needs seems really simple to you, because it's the thing you're already good at, but for someone else, it would seem really difficult. And we'll look at those gifts like that as uh, being important assets to kingdom building because, you know, making friends, they go, eh, anybody can do that, or uh, giving to people, eh, anybody can do that. I guess they're looking to do, to do something like preaching and singing and teaching and evangelizing, and they can't seem to do that. But uh, if they realize that the simple gift of making friends is this is as important, the better all people can be in their walk with God. Well, A, just as important, and B, rarer than you think it is. Uh-huh. Right? A truly nice person is rarer than you think it is. Uh, and so it, it only seems obvi- obvious um, to you because it's your gift. Right? And so, of course, it seems obvious and maybe even simple. I, you know, I have struggled with this in my own life um, with... I think I, I'm convinced anyone can public speak. I'm convinced that anyone can do it, right? Every, you know, any, most people, not everyone, but most people can talk. And most people that can talk can then talk on stage. I've often wrestled with, like, what is so special about being able to talk on stage? But it turns out that it's something that, like, people are deeply afraid of doing, and it's something I'm deeply not afraid of doing. And, and, and so perhaps the gift, you know, anyone can, just about anyone can talk. Um, but I have the gift of not being afraid of doing it and actually mm-hmm. driving enjoy, also not being afraid of it and driving enjoyment from it. And that's a gift. But to me, I have often thought about, like, you know, what, you know, what are my gifts, right? Well, that was mine. Um, and so that's a gift I, I try to use, but it only seems obvious or simple or basic because it's a thing you're good at, but it's probably also a thing the kingdom needs, whether it's cooking, cleaning, being nice to people, fixing, you know, the ballot, replacing the ballast in, um, in overhead fluorescent lighting. I can't tell you Mm -hmm. the number of churches that need someone who can replace the ballast in in uh, fluorescent lighting. This has been a constant battle in ministry of finding the person in the church. Uh, and it's such a joy when I find that per- Ken Sides is our person. Um, right. Grace. We have found him. And like Ken Sides had to fight a war on ballasts. Um, and this happened at Crossroads too, because it is a rare occurrence in the kingdom of God when a church finds the person who can replace the ballast. Um, and then, because that's how you end up with all the terrible flickering um, overhead lighting. That really just mm-hmm. makes church kind of miserable. It makes church offices kind of miserable. And so that's actually a tremendous gift to the church. Um, if you, but if you're an electrician, it's really basic electricianing. Uh, but to a church, it makes everyone's life better uh, when, you, when the stupid lights aren't flickering and they turn on when you flick the switch. And you oh, don't man, I look, at, the... I look at how we're blessed as a church to have all of the 
gifts and talents that we have in our congregation. We got everything from firefighters that can look at a box and make sure it's not smoking to electricians to, to carpenters and whatnot, but it's all for the glory of God to keep the church functioning. It's right. great. The, the kingdom of God is built by a lot of different gifts, right? And this is, I mean, you know, we, we've, we've talked about the same idea when you look at, like, Paul goes off on the Corinthians a ton on this. Um, that, okay, yeah, you can speak in tongues. That's cute. There's a lot of other gifts. Wake up, right? Don't get so hung up on... So Paul is arguing in the opposite direction, right? Don't get so hung up on the thing that you're good at that yeah. you judge people for being good at for not being good at the thing you're good at, right? Don't think that yeah. all we need is preachers or all we need is singers, right? So that's one end of this. But this parable of talents lands in the other end of that conversation of uh, just because you're not a speaker in tongues, which I am not, um, or a preacher, uh, which I am, uh, you have a gift, right? And so it, it meets in this middle of like everybody has some gifts, all gifts matter. Mm-hmm. This is this one gets at everyone's got something. Use the thing you've got. Yeah. Uh, the Corinthians then take that Corinthians and other Christians take that way too far and make this about just the one gift that they like, and that's the only thing that matters. You know, and and preachers get the you know, preachers get this way, right? Um, we think that everyone we, we think that everyone should be a preacher. No, I wonder if lawyers think that everyone should be a lawyer. Oh no. no. No, oh no, 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 no! It took it took a minute for me to get my gift out because everybody around me kept saying that I ought to be in ministry. I mean, I fought that for a long time. You ought to be in ministry. You ought to be a preacher. No, 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 no. And then finally, God just slapped me on the head. And says, "Yes, yes, 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 yes. You need to be a you know." And it took a minute. So yeah. I it for me as well. Yeah, when you find it, get it, use it, and don't lose it. Well, what was hilarious for me is when I got my call to ministry, I thought two things. One is I don't have the faith for this, which is probably true. Um, God shows me anyways, and that's hilarious. Uh, the other piece was, what am I going to do? And, like, I have been public speaking my whole life. It did not occur to me that that was going to be one of my key gifts in ministry. Like, it just did not. When I first, And I understand how crazy that sounds, um, but it's true. Right, like I didn't think that my a because I'm dyslexic. I didn't think my public speaking was going to be particularly useful because I can't read speeches. Okay, well, God developed my memory such that that's less of an issue than I thought it was going to be. Um, but I think a lot of people, a lot of you know, I, I, I've told the story. On the, I know I've told the story on the show before of what every seminary admission essay. Um, my, my one of my professors, Professor Bacini, was on the committee that reviewed seminary admissions essays. Um, and so when he would talk about prophets, he would make fun of us um, because every prophet has has the bit where they don't think they should be a prophet, all the way back to Moses, right? Yeah. Think about the argument between Moses and God in Exodus chapter 3, where Moses comes up with a thousand excuses why he shouldn't be the prophet. All seminary admissions essays go the same way. Um, I was called to ministry at blank time. I said, no, I can't over and over again. God persisted. Then I accepted the call, right? They all, all seminary admissions essays, all call stories, um, whether ancient or modern go in that same way. And all I can say is what the parable of the talent, what the parable of the talent says is you have a gift from God. Don't resist using it. Amen. Amen. That's probably 
that's probably a good note to end on. Uh, thank y'all all so much uh, for joining us. Thank you, Brandy, uh, for uh, carrying ca- carrying more of the show than normally you have to. I appreciate it, sister. Um, or else it would just be me once again alone in the dark in my studio <laughs> staring into a screen. Um, and, uh, you know... Uh, I, so when that happens, I, I want to play like while my guitar gently weeps in the background. Um, it's much more fun. It is much more fun um, to have someone else to talk to on a podcast. Uh, we will be back hopefully with the whole crew uh, next week. If you have any uh, thoughts on what it is, uh, what your gifts are, how God has called you to use them, how you resisted using them, please uh, leave us uh, feedback over here on Facebook uh, where we're live right now um, in the comments there um, on our YouTube channel in the comments there. You can comment on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. You can email us gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com if you're looking for an audio-only version of the show because maybe um, uh, my beautiful face is just not enough. Um, you can search a Scripture Talk uh, by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Um, and like I said, we will be back uh, next week with uh, hopefully a, a few more of our friends in tow. Uh, keep Stacy and Scott in your prayers. Uh, and go in peace, love and serve the Lord and fear not stay well Uh, God is with us let me click that let me click that and we dance ah my cord got stuck there we go there we go clearly I need a a haircut if I go like this yeah flip (laughs) it hurts my neck Whiplash! <laughs>